0: Welcome to Soccer Morning. Here's your host, Jason Davis. Good morning everybody. Happy Tuesday. Welcome in Soccer Morning uh, @backhill.com. On the air. Ready to go. Second day from the new from the new digs. Sounds good. Looks good. Looks better maybe. We're making progress here. That that's that's all you can ask for. Is a little bit of progress every day. Sounds like something that would be on, you know, some uh, some little life lesson calendar you pulled the never mind here we go with a big show for you we're going to talk premier league with our friend christian Hennage here in just a couple of minutes uh go through the happenings in england's top division because we're getting closer and closer to that leicester title and uh, that would be a stunning turn of events we'll talk about the manchester derby obviously uh tottenham's uh, the uh the Tyneware derby plenty of things happening uh in england these days to go over uh, looking at the scores right now uh, we're likely to have an Aston Villa relegation and we'll see um, about the other clubs that go down again Tyne Ware having a major impact on that race so we'll get into all of that with Christian Hennage perhaps even range into some MLS should there be time sometimes there's not time sometimes we just run out Jose Mourinho and his pre-contract is that a thing that's happening does anybody actually, is that, is that really a, th- I'm, I'm so confused. Let's go into the news. We start with a little bit of a somber note, in fact, a major somber note. My apologies for underplaying that. The Belgian national team has suspended training after explosions in Brussels killed. Uh, I'm not even sure. The, the convicting reports as to how many people have died, uh, in these explosions. Regardless, any loss of life is a tragedy. Explosions come a day after the prime suspect in the Paris attacks of last November was arrested. Uh, in Brussels, and the team's Twitter account said, and rightfully so, football is not important today. So uh, Belgium taking a, taking a break from their national team preparations for the FIFA window due to those terrorist attacks in Brussels. Of course, uh thoughts and prayers out to the people affected by those tragedies um, uh, in the capital of Belgium. Uh, Qatar is considering putting World Cup fans in Bedouin-style tent cities As questions arise about the number of rooms available to accommodate the 500,000 people expected to descend on the tiny Persian Gulf nation in 2022, here's the quote. At the heart of this World Cup is a commitment to showcase the hospitality and friendship of the Middle East. As a result, we are actively researching the concept of supporters sleeping under the stars. A spokesman for Qatar's 2022 World Cup Supreme Committee told Reuters without giving any further details. So, Basically, what we've got is, yeah, there might be some tents. Uh, we don't know. Uh, this will probably be, and, and this was uh, you know, kind of convinced of this fact after thinking about it and having an initial visceral reaction, this will probably be a success. They'll probably do fine with this thing. I mean, consider the demographics of the people who are going to travel to the World Cup, the youth, the uh, sense of adventure, and you may end up having this actually work out. Uh, U.S. International recent Chelsea transfer Matt Miazga told ESPN FC's Doug McIntyre that he wants to be, quote, the best American player. The setup is great over there, he said. I feel even in training I'm getting so much better working with all these world-class players. He's in uh, Florida with the U23s as they train in Miami alongside his senior squad uh, with uh, for those games against Columbia coming up for a chance to make the Olympics. I just have to be patient, and when I get opportunities, take them and slowly impress the coaching staff and just establish myself. I wanted to test myself in Europe to see what I can do. I wanted to be the best player I can be, the best American player. Why not challenge myself at one of the biggest clubs in the world? He said, "I definitely feel a little different because I had been playing consistently, and now I'm not." As a young player, you have to grind through. So, Matt Miazga doing his work over there at Chelsea uh, again with the U23s, um, with the U23s as they prepare to play Colombia uh, in the Olympic playoffs. Spain head coach Vincente de Del Bosque says that Diego Costa is being, quote-unquote, demonized in England as questions over Costa's discipline and place in the Spain squad arise. From what I've seen, they have demonized Costa a lot, and maybe that's why there are some who don't want him in the team. But the last episode isn't so serious, honestly. That last episode, by the way, reports that Costa bit a player, uh, subsequently denied. He was putting in effort to play because it was Chelsea's last chance to get something, and he plays with great excitement. That's a good part of his approach. He has also had other things that are bad, but I don't want either to change. If we called him, it's because we already know him. But I don't like that he does ugly things. But the other day wasn't like that. It's a little of equivocation on the part of uh, Senor Davosque. Davosque left Costa out of Spain squad for their pair of friendlies against Italy and Romania coming up um, this week. But insists that the omission was due to a quadriceps injury to the striker and not any issues with um, with the behavior as we discussed. Um. Finally, a list of American cities with the highest ratings for the English Premier League has Seattle at the top, despite the early kickoff times in the Pacific Northwest. You also have West Palm Beach and Dallas tied at number two, Louisville at four, Columbus at five. Here's a bit of a surprise, and maybe I'm just misjudging this particular town. Tulsa, Oklahoma at number six, tied with Norfolk, Virginia, Richmond, Virginia at number eight, Buffalo, New York, Washington, D.C., Sacramento, California. Uh, if you want specifically the ratings, uh, for Sunday's Manchester Derby, not the, not as, as exciting. It was the highest rated Manchester Derby in history, but I think that's just momentum and the uh, natural progression of the soccer audience in the United States because we know that this particular, uh, Manchester Derby had less in it in terms of what was on the line. Than, than almost every other previous edition that we've had over the last couple of years. Because uh Manchester United currently sits in um sixth place. Well, this is after the game, of course. And Manchester City in fourth place. They are separated by a point right now, but neither one of them is challenging for a title uh in 2016. Um, you have at the top of that list, excuse me, Baltimore, Maryland, then Kansas City, Hartford, Seattle, Columbus, San Francisco, West Palm Beach again, Philadelphia, Sacramento, Norfolk down the line. Now um, the um, the top TV audiences for Premier League matches in history go back to actually 2014, Manchester United and Arsenal, Chelsea Manchester City, all of this television talk um, interesting because the rise of the Premier League at the same time that MLS is trying to grab an audience and is struggling to do so. Lots of discussion over the relatively small mls tv uh tv numbers that are out there i mean they're small by most standards but in, in mls standards they're even uh they're even small so the uh the tv audience is going to grow we'll, we'll see certainly the premier league is doing well let's step aside we'll set this up christian Hennage will join us to talk through uh the manchester derby and much more in england uh, perhaps some mls as well as he joins us uh, to go over all of that it is soccer morning on a tuesday i hope you're comfortable you got your coffee you're ready to go let's do this we'll be right back To soccer morning. Here is your host, Jason Davis. All right, we're back on the air. We uh, uh <coughs> we sometimes run into difficulties trying to get people on the telephone. It's things things can you know sometimes they can't be helped. Uh, it's a live program, and uh, yeah, when you schedule something out, and you know you are trying to do it on the fly. This is what happens. So we are here. We have our phone lines open. I think they're going to be open. 646-832-3909. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesdays like to mess with me. And that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking here. Tuesdays just for whatever reason. It, it's a slow news day. Things like this tend to happen we are <laughs> well I like and you know look with we're doing this thing without a net here there's there's no there's no saving us if we fall we we hit the ground and so we've hit the ground here on a, on a Tuesday if you would like to get involved in the show there is uh again there is the uh, the phone lines there are there's also the opportunity to tweet us at soccer morning which um is via Twitter, which is now 10 years old, or so they say. I was looking up the first ever tweet that I tweeted yesterday, because that's what everybody was doing on the 10th anniversary of of Twitter, was was looking up their first tweet. My first tweet was looking for local marketing schemes for MLS clubs. What? Looking for info on local marketing schemes for MLS teams. What a terrible tweet. I mean, obviously, I didn't know how to use the thing. My name wasn't even the same. I've changed my name. The first ever soccer morning. Oh, that's an at. Okay, that, that, that's my tweet. Not a soccer. Mo- what, what was soccer morning's first ever tweet, Trevor? Because it says that the first mention was on April 5th, 2013, brainstorming meeting with Trevor Hayward. Hey, Hayward for American soccer morning. It's been determined I'll need a sign-off phrase. I never came up with a sign-off phrase. What? What should my sign-off? Fra- Here we are, three years in. We are. We are rapidly approaching the third anniversary of this program, and I still don't have a sign-off phrase. Like, love your soccer. Uh, how so- soccer's la life goodness. Have fun pla- Watching the. The beautiful game shall be beautiful for now. I can't. Can't come with anything on the, on the top of my head. 646-832-3909. This is the, uh, your opportunity to save me here because again, we intended to talk about the Premier League and I could give you some rolling thoughts on the Premier League situation right now. Uh, we obviously need, uh, <clears throat> we obviously need, um, to dive in further. To this Leicester situation, they continue to, and and I told you, it's been weeks since we talked about on this program that one of the things working in Leicester's favor favor was a fixture list that was not overly taxing down the stretch of the season. That there was uh, plenty of reason to believe that that Leicester could get it done, considering what they had coming up on their schedule. Now they obviously just got done. um Let me see if I can pull up the uh, the fixture list because I thought I thought Google would do it for me but no you failed Google. So they just got done uh with Crystal Palace. They went away to Crystal Palace one nothing. That's look that's a considering you know Palace and 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 uh the the atmosphere at Selhurst Park that's a pretty strong uh strong um win for Leicester. I know I know Palace is in 16th place but uh you do what you do. It's never a given. This is a parody rich season in the Premier League. Next up they host Southampton. Then they go away to Sunderland, relegation fodder. They host West Ham. Okay. So that's not, that's not a, uh, an easy one, but that game is at home. They host Swansea. They're away to Manchester United on May 1st. By then we may have, you know, the, the season may be very, very close to being, uh, the title may be very close to being determined. So we'll have to see again, May 1st, Manchester United, May 7th at home against Everton. And then they close out the season on May 15th against Chelsea. Uh, if it all comes down to that Chelsea game, that'll be something else. I mean, that's the Hollywood ending. Because when they write the story of Leicester City in 2016, 2015, 2016, they're going to need a climax. They're going to need to find a way to wrap everything up. All right. We have... um we have a couple of rumors, a couple of things happening over at the NASL level as they get ready to start their season. We are uh on we are going to be talking to Bill Peterson from NASL on Soccer Mornings on Soccer Morning's um satellite version later on today. So if you're interested in that, eleven twenty AM Eastern time, Sirius XM F C channel eighty five. Jump on board there. If you don't have a subscription Hey, go ahead and get one. Lots of good stuff happening. There are rumors floating around that BN Sport is on the verge of securing the NASL rights. Now, that would be a massive deal for the NASL. Uh, should uh, should that should that come true? Because what has dogged NASL um, uh, for the last couple of seasons was the lack of a a truly national television contract. Now there's no, it's not as though they they have the right to one. They have to find one that works for them. Uh, And again, remember, I mean, uh, MLS until recently has, uh, until the last, I don't know, decade or so, has not really had a TV contract of note. Okay. Uh, the, The problem here, of course, is being sport is not necessarily the... Mm. Most, um, uh, uh, well distributed channel out there. And a lot of people know it because of Phil Shane and Ray Hudson and calling uh, La Liga Barcelona. Uh, but beyond that, I don't, I don't know that people have a, a grasp on, uh, whether or not, uh, they even have been in Sport. If you're not a La Liga fan. Alright. So that's, uh, that's uh, the rumor out there right now. Let's go to Bo Durr, who's on the line. Bo, who, uh, patiently waits through our really long breaks when things like that happen. <laughs> Hi, Bo.
1: Hi, good morning, how are you? I'm doing well, sir. Okay, so I heard you talking about Leicester, and the, the, this is one of those, uh rare cases where I have uh, EPL insight for you, and that is that I just happened to see on another spring break two years ago uh, saw uh, Leicester City playing away to Reading. So I went out and saw that. I couldn't get Premier League tickets, so went out and saw that. And, you know, it was, it was an entertaining enough game. It was a nice atmosphere. There was nothing on that field that suggested that this was some higher quality of soccer. And so I watched the – I may be even more astounded than a lot of people in seeing what Lester uh, has do.
0: Because you because you, saw the, because you saw them in the championship and there was just right. – Well, and I think maybe that's – what's sort of fascinating, and and one of the reasons why, um, and say the magic words, promotion and relegation is so enticing to people, Bo, because a club can completely reform themselves. I mean, obviously, if they're in the championship, Claudio Ranieri is not coaching them. If they're in the championship, I mean, I know Jamie Vardy mm-hmm. came up with them, and, et cetera, but th- for the most part, that's a different team than, the, than they were, you know, even last year or two years ago.
1: It is, we actually... Had to look back at the, um, you know, look look back at the reports from that game to say, did did we see Jamie Vardy? And and yeah, we did. Yeah, we had no memory of it. But yeah, we. Because he because
0: uh, he wasn't Jamie Vardy yet, I guess. I mean, how do you account for that? That's the thing. Like, uh, as as much as we want to, and and uh, not necessarily accusing you of anything, Bo, but as much as we as 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 human beings want to rationalize some of these things, and certainly the 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 um, the push to use analytics to. To, to boil sports down to numbers i'm not saying that they're taking the human element out but there's certainly a, a push to use math to help determine you know how a team is successful et cetera. you can't account for a player like jamie Vardy, and, and that's why sports is still has the power to astound and, and why we as as fans continue to come back to it because if you could if you could plot out well they have this player and this player and that that means this many expected goals and they're going to win the title then we wouldn't what would be the point
1: yeah, he's, he's England's answer to Jay Demerit, isn't he? Yeah, something, something and, like uh, that. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and it does make you wonder, you know, how, how large the gaps are because, you know, you look in think in terms of MLS teams and, um, you know, the gaps that MLS teams face in the, in the Concacaf, uh, or, you know, if you were to compare them to what you see in England and so forth. And, you know, when I watched Reading versus Leicester, I mean, it was, it didn't make me think, wow, this is so much better than an MLS game. Um, there were probably a few players who were above average MLS, uh, stature. And you know, Reading at the time, I think was trying to still get in the playoffs. Um, and so that they were, they were certainly an above mid tier team. And they've had, of course they've been in premier league. They have, uh, certainly an ambitious club. They want to be there again. Um, of course, Reading. You, know, you mentioned for a rail. Reading is also an example a toss up of um, if they could be guaranteed Premier League status or or Premier League TV money,
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: they would have expanded their stadium by now.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And and they don't uh, precisely because it's so uncertain. Um, so maybe a two-tier Premier League where the TV money is shared a little bit farther down would help. But you know, then maybe that hurts some of the top clubs. Um, so that that's, there are so many moving parts to, to uh, the house set up the best, the best leads. And, you know, it's, it's really exciting to watch the EPL this year, uh, because it's so competitive and at the same time, what are the chances that one of those teams is going to win a title in Europe?
0: Right. You know, yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, and then the, I I hate that that is the drain on the excitement. I I hate that there is this sense <laughs> that because Leicester is shocking everybody and and is leading the Premier League and and could win a, a a title that no one thought they could even challenge for or even get close to that that the next thought, the immediate thought after that is well, England is still going to stink in Europe, and and it's like that that somehow that um. Takes away from the achievement of Leicester, or, 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 you know, it mitigates their success somehow. We're, we're minimizing Leicester by saying that the Premier League itself has regressed in relation to the rest of Europe. And maybe that's true, but again, I, I, this, this is my attitude about MLS. That's my attitude about the championship. I mean, you know, I don't watch much championship, but if I did, I would certainly have this. It, yeah there's a promotion and there's a promotion element there's a relegation element but that's a if i'm if i'm watching the championship i'm watching to enjoy the championship not to compare it every time i do to something it's not that doesn't make any sense to me bo
1: yeah yeah i can i can certainly see that point point. and yeah I, for the most part i enjoyed that game for what it was and and um it was entertaining it was you know fans yelling at each other you know uh Redding yelling that you're not going to break our record for, uh, points in the championship. Um, because that was pretty much all they could hold over Leicester at the time. Um, well, it was a one, one draw, so they could kind of hold that uh, over them as well. And, um, yeah, just the other game I've seen in England, uh, was way back when it was 97 is when Swindon town and Nottingham forest were tracing promotions. Wow. And, uh, they play each other in Swindon and, uh, I was sitting with the Nottingham fans who yell out, Nottingham, 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 Nottingham. And then, uh, this one behind me says, okay, good, now they'll know where we're from. You know, so it was, <laughs> and, uh, and and this was old school. There was no uh, scoreboard in the stadium. There was wow. no clock. Well, there, there was a clock that just showed the time.
0: Like the so, actual time, like the, like the real life time, and you had to do the math. <laughs> like, what? Oh, wow. Right?
1: Exactly. So you yeah. have to, I mean, and you know, I, I remember having arguments with, with purists back in you know in the mid '90s uh, who would who would say that you know they hate all this newfangled stuff and you know why can't we do what people have always done and when the ref blows the whistle, everyone looks at his watch. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's uh, this is that's, that,
0: that, that, that's that, fascinating. But in in light of the discussions that we're having right now about instant replay, uh, whether or not it's going to come mm-hmm. to to MLS or just in general to soccer. I think you know the, the people sometimes forget that we 've had these discussions in the past about things that no, didn 't even come close to instant replay in terms of their impact on the game i mean again you 're talking about a, a clock in the stadium just accounting uh, counting up to ninety minutes uh, you're talking about a scoreboard mm-hmm. but, you know and, and and that attitude of well if you want to know the score, pay attention to the game if you want to know what time it is <laughs> look at your watch when the ref blows the uh, you know how much time is left look at your watch when the uh, ref blows the whistle. Is a you know to, it's a foreign concept, but here we are in this moment, and and twenty years from now, thirty years from now, we'll probably end up having that same discussion with people who want something else to happen and think that instant replay was a foregone conclusion, like a a, a natural progression of the game. I mean, who knows? So
1: if you want to know the players, pay attention during the player introductions because <laughs> they're all wearing numbers one through eleven. T- the teams may not be wearing the same numbers they wore last time, and so you have to know that. Number five is Chris Bart Williams, and you just have to know. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Other than that, if you, if you paying attention, you forget.
0: I was thinking. I was thinking about instant replay, and I, I don't know if you heard me talk about this on on the satellite show, but I, I, I then you know you can you can get to some pretty wild places with your progressive thinking on technology's impact on the game if you let yourself, and it, it it's not impossible. I mean. Again, you're talking. We're talking here about a time, and not that long ago. I mean, really, relatively speaking, not that long ago. Especially in some of the lower divisions. I mean, I'm guessing the championship was behind the Premier League on adding some of these newfangled things like clocks in the stadiums and 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 actually, uh, you know, names in the backs of the shirts and stuff. If we think about, well, what is going to happen? Instant replay is just Pandora's box. What, I mean, you know, oh, every, every fan is issued a set of, of, of glasses that overlays information on the field as you watch because all the players have chips in their shirts. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we are going to end up watching this game in a completely different way in 30 years and it's not going to look anything like what we're doing now.
1: And people are just going to go ho hum. That's just the way life is. Right. And and then you look at how uh, one of the reasons the EPL has done as well as it has. And the reason it has really taken off in the last few years is because it is so well packaged on TV.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, it is. I mean, you see these player introductions. Okay. Here, here are these guys walking toward me for some reason. And, uh, and, you know, let's look at the tactical lineup and let's look at at all these things. And it is so well done. And, that is, it's difficult for MLS to compete with that. It's mm-hmm. difficult for any other league to, uh, to compete with that. Mm-hmm. And, um, I think that to some extent explains EPL globally, but, uh, certainly within our own country as well. I mean, five years ago, um, how well is EPL doing? You know,
0: right, was, right.
1: Okay. But, right. But now you have, I mean, the, the studio shows are such high quality. I mean, uh, with, you know, Lowe and Martino and, and Earl and, um, and musto and so forth, and um everything about it is just it it gives you tons and tons of information and you know MLS the last tries to do that too with things like the uh is it the Audi index now.
0: Uh, yeah, I believe I, it, I, I believe it's changed. It. Yeah, it, it used to be the I don't know, it used to be something else. Now it's Audi. Uh,
1: and 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 that that's
0: yeah. that's one. I mean, I I I'm not particularly interested in in that week to week. I mean, I, I guess if somebody throws that up, I'll I'll pay attention. Oh, so and so is top of the Audi rankings. Okay. Um but but your point about the packaging is is absolutely spot on because uh I think people underrate um those elements as 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 part of their uh, a part of their experience of, of any, of any sport or, yeah. I mean, you know, obviously the NFL is, uh, whiz bang and, and, um, bells and whistles and, and people just assume, oh, we're watching it because of the sport. Well, you're watching it because, you know, they know how to flash the lights the right way to get your attention. The same thing goes with NBC and give NBC Sports, uh, and NBC credit for putting as much effort and as, as investment as they have into the product. Um, I think on one hand it's fair to say something like, "Well, what if MLS had that much investment? Maybe, blah blah." blah. But on the other hand, it's uh, it's in, it, it's the meeting of two things: it's MLS rising and and working hard enough and doing well enough and spending enough money on the field to get attention that merits that kind of investment from the TV people.
1: Right, I mean, you couldn't do it in a vacuum. I mean, you can. Mark Cuban can't take his new pro football league and spend millions and millions on the TV packaging and turn it into the Premier League. I mean, there has to be something there that you can build on. And there were these fan bases that um, have that existed, but have been more excited now and uh by the ability that and by the embrace that NBC has given them. And so, and NLS is. You know, a younger league, but but still still getting there to some extent. And I do still wonder, and I tweeted this a little bit earlier. If um, I know that they did it a couple of years ago, but I wonder now that NBC has so solidly established the Premier League, and uh, and it's it's basic soccer voice, everything from you know the the game broadcast to Men and Blazers and so forth. I wonder if it were seamless on a Sunday that you would watch the noon EPL game and then uh an hour in the studio and then the three o'clock MLS game on the same network. You wonder how that would do.
0: Yeah. Uh well I don't know if we'll ever find out. Bo, I appreciate the call. Thanks so much. Alright, good talking. Well, to there you. goes, uh, Bo Dur, uh, author of, I meant to, to mention this while I had him on the air, author of Enduring Spirits, Restoring Professional Women's Soccer to Washington, a book on the Washington Spirit, Long Range Goals, The Success Story of Major League Soccer, which, uh, is a couple of years old now, but I believe has been updated, uh, since then, and Single Digit Soccer, Keeping Sanity in the Earliest Ages of the Beautiful Game, which you've had on, had Bo on to discuss. Um, you know when it comes to the you know we, we've gone through some of these things before what m l s suffers from in a lot of ways is that the lack of the the romantic nostalgic elements that allow for the Premier League to catch the attention of people who are either either anglophiles or enjoy the history or, or find something um something more attractive about the fact that a club is one hundred and twenty five years old and and hey look m l s clubs they're twenty years old and they had wacky logos and their colors are weird and those things don't necessarily line up with what a lot of people's vision of, of what soccer is. Soccer is still foreign in the minds of the people who watch it the most on television because they're watching the Premier League. Bill in New York, you're on the air. Hey,
2: Jason. I just wanted to uh, talk about the U.S. teams, and I, I know you always like a good scandal.
0: Uh-oh. What's the, so, sca- uh, the scandal? Scandal?
2: Maybe two things here could be scandals for you. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> Jordan Morris not going to the first team because uh, Jurgen's pissed off at him that he's not uh, playing in Germany.
0: Ah, eh, okay. I mean, you know that, that, that something petty like that could—I guess that could be true. But uh, yeah, okay, maybe. Go ahead, Bill.
2: And then something—something something that people aren't talking about—I'm a little surprised about, and I know I'm going to you his last name: uh, Christian Pulisic. Is yeah. nice what i saying or I always do it wrong?
0: No, no, I, I think that's pretty close. What about Christian?
2: Uh, he's not playing on either team. Is Jurgen having to fall out with the German teams that they won't release this kid? Uh,
0: He's 17 years old, Bill. He can't play for under-23 team. I mean, he could, but he's 17 years old, Bill.
2: If he's playing in Germany, I think we could use him for our under twenty three team. Okay, may, sure maybe he was getting a call.
0: And- maybe, but he's seventeen years old, Bill. <laughs> I mean, I sorry, I I I know what you're saying. Look, we we want to get excited. I want to get excited. I am excited. I'm excited that he's made appearances um for 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 Dortmund, for one of the best teams in Germany and and a European power. I'm excited for that. I think he's got a bright future. At Dortmund in the national team program, but I'm not going to get worked up or upset or 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 concerned that he's not in this particular setup for either one of these teams when he's 17 years old. I mean, if he was 20 and he and he'd been with Dortmund senior squad for three years and he had you know I don't know 20 appearances over that time, I might be the one saying, "Hey, put him in the U23 teams, get him in." He's still 17. I mean. You know, it's stuff seventeen years old. I mean, this—that's so damn young. I mean, if you're going to argue for Pulisic, maybe you should be arguing for Gideon Zelalem. I'm not saying that the the Scottish Championship is a great level necessarily, Bill, but he's older. In fact, I think he is in that team, isn't he? Gideon Zelalem's in that team. Go ahead. I
2: would I would like to see both of them, but I just if a a kid can play for Dortmund, and I, I don't care how old he is. He's good enough to be on our team. Yeah. Okay.
0: Again, I think that's fair. But, uh, but I but uh, it's fair to say he's probably good enough to be on the team. Why isn't he called up? Uh, Herzog could use him, et cetera, et cetera. But us also, it, it because he's seventeen, I don't have a problem leaving him out. I mean, I'm not, what I'm saying is, I would be fine with him in there. I would be excited to see him in the team. Uh, I'd wonder if he could handle you know can handle that moment and and if he's going to get on the field. But because he's 17, I'm not going to lose any sleep over the fact he's not. You know what I'm
2: saying? I just think we always talk about how we start too late in this country because our kids go off to college and everything else. I, I think this should be a step going the other way for us. And no, let's but go but, okay, but, but let's
0: he's, go not, he's obviously not starting late because he is in the Dortmund team. I mean, you know, it, it's, he's, he, he made his way to Dortmund at a young age. He impressed him enough to to get to the senior squad at 17. That should be enough for now, Bill. I mean, to push him further than that, I'm not saying he could be Julian Green, but to push him further than that risks overexposing him at, at this point, risks pushing him too much. I mean, do you do you think it's better for a 17-year-old who just broke into the squad at Dortmund and has a couple of appearances under his belt to be flying back and forth to the United States? To be, you know, why not have him continuing to, you know just be settled there just to be able to to concentrate on his club job and not worry about how to, okay what's the system with the national team and oh you know do i need to you know what kind of uh, what kind of approach do i need to have and now and, and again flying back and forth and, and changing uh changing time zones during the middle of the uh, of the i know they're going to take a the, the fifa break and everything i'm just saying like I, I can find a lot of reasons bill while it's okay for a 17-year-old not to be in, in this team. But but I know you're worried. I mean, that's the bottom line here. We're all worried about this 23-23 this team beating Columbia.
2: And, and that's the thing. Like, If he was going to the first team, like what happened with Green, I'd say, all right, maybe now we are getting, we're going too fast for this kid. But this is our on the 23 team. Yeah, this isn't the first team. It's on the 23 team. It's the Olympics, which, I don't know, sometimes it takes a back step to everything else. I think this would be a step to move him up into the U.S. team. Okay,
0: all right. Look, uh, it's it's a again, it's a, it's a legitimate argument that he should be in this team. But considering the the quality that the United States has um, across the, the the roster, it's not as though there's a lot of guys who are definitely better. Than Christian Pulisic. I mean, we're we're talking about Fatay Alashe, Paul Arriola, uh Julian Green's in this team. I mean, Julian, if Julian Green's in this team, I, he's older. But if it, Julian Green's in this team and he's playing in the fourth division, and is a third third division in Germany, I always get that wrong, Trevor. Whatever division the the reserves of of Bayern Munich are in. Um, if he's in this team, then then maybe Christian Pulisic should be on this team. But then again, maybe Christian Pulisic said, "I don't, I, you know, can you pass me over? I got stuff I got to do here." And they said, "Okay, we understand." And in fact, I think, don't think it was. I think there's actually. Uh, like going, well, I actually, I want to uh, say this. I think I don't think Dortmund is required to release him for a U twenty three. That's why
2: I was saying we have a little scandal here with Jurgen and the German team because I would think Jurgen asked for him and that they said. No, we, we don't have to release him for you on the twenty two. We're not going to release him, and maybe him. Maybe this is our scandal. I don't think. It, I
0: don't on. think it's. I don't think it's. I don't think it would rise to the level of scandal. I mean, Klinsman asks. They say no. Klinsman decides whether or not he wants to push it. I mean, if 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 Klinsman is being is taking a longer term view on the on the progress of Christian Polistic, I'm sure he can talk himself into reasons why it's okay that he's not in this team. And and you know I mean is Christian Pulisic at 17 going to be the difference between beating Colombia and not? I mean I, I suppose it's possible, but I very seriously doubt it. I mean you you've got you've got enough quality in this team. Okay, there 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 are enough good players in this team for them to give Colombia a real. Fight. I mean this is actually a really talented group when you think about it. Acosta, Alashe, Ariola, Cody Cropper, Luis Gill, uh, Julian Green, Emerson Hyman, Vetter, Miazga. Eric Miller, Tyler Miller, Jordan Morris, Shane O'Neill, T- uh, Tim Parker, uh, DeSevio Payne, Matt Polster, Mario Rodriguez, Dylan Cerna, Kyrie Shelton, Will Trapp, Brandon Vincent, Walker <laughs> Zimmerman. It's a pretty damn good group when you think about
2: it. <laughs> it is a good team. I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait.
0: Okay. All right, Bill. I, pre- I mean, you're on the record, man. It's, it's here. I <laughs> appreciate the call, dude. Thanks uh- a lot. There goes uh bill Take up care. in the air. All right, 646-832-3909 is the phone number. We we we're sticking around here for for a little bit longer. We did have the aborted uh guest situation. Let me just I, 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 let me just look through um some of the headlines this morning if we want to go back over this stuff. The the how do we feel about the Qatari tent city thing. It's not tent city. I don't want to say tent city because that puts a bad label on it. When, when you say tent city, I think people conjure notions of, um, you know, displaced people, um, which obviously, uh, is not exactly what this is all about. They imagine this will be relatively luxurious considering what, what, what's the, the event that it's being, um, uh done for or at least that's the play at let me read this again at the heart of this world cup is a commitment to showcase the hospitality and friendship of the middle east as a result we are actively researching the concept of reporters sleeping under the stars now that come on that's a little bit they're using that for that phrase to to dress this up a bit uh we are actively researching the concept of supporters sleeping under the stars to ensure a truly unique world cup experience in 2022 we are working with all stakeholders to offer diverse uh, diverse accommodations and entertainment solutions for the duration of the tournament. There are also plans to accommodate up to 12,000 fans on cruise ships during the World Cup. Over the past few years, the QTA, the, Q- the Guitar Tourism Authority, established a number of strong relationships with international cruise operators as well as with other specialists involved in the industry. This has proved to be of great importance, especially that Qatar will be extensively benefiting from cruise ships over the 2022 World Cup as a means of providing additional accommodation supply for fans and visitors over the period. Okay, so cruise ships and tents. Were there cruise ships involved in, in South Africa? Were there cruise ships inv- involved in Brazil? I want to say that there were one of those places had cruise ships involved in housing fans. I'm not sure which one. People who went to one of those places. Oh, look, um, Mike uh, Mike, uh, Mike, B. on Twitter, friend up in Philly, pointing out that Mallory Pugh is 17 years old. Uh, man. Um, Mallory Pugh... U.S. women's national team is 17 years old. He has she has been pulled into the full senior squad. Uh, I, I want to say there are differences and there are reasons why those things. I mean, you consistently have, this is more a comment, uh, a commentary on the state of the club game and the world, on the women's side of the sport, which is not where it needs to be, not where it should be. Um, uh, that you regularly have college players called into the U.S. women's national team setup. Uh, you have one college player who has recently made an appearance with the U.S. men's national team, and that's Jordan Morris. That was a big deal because that hadn't happened in a very long time. The women's game different, but the point stands that if you're talking about maturity, um, is Christian Pulisic, uh, maybe we'll put this to a, to a vote. Can we put up a poll on soccer morning, Trevor? Should Christian Pulisic be included in the U23s? See how people feel about I, I think I know which way that's gonna go. I think a lot of people are gonna be on the side of Bill in Texas. I mean Texas, New York. Why is, why did I say Bill's from Texas? The least Texas sounding guy in the world. That guy Bill. Uh Bo uh chipping in to Abu Dhabi Formula One race has luxury yachts that have a view of the race. That sounds more like a upgrade. Like I'm gonna go see the Formula One race and you get to go stay on the yacht and it has really good views. I'm not sure that this is. I'm not sure that this is the same thing, but I think you know that. Uh, the Qatari World Cup continues to roll on as a likelihood. And, and that's surprising to a lot of people. Speaking of World Cups, Franz Beckenbauer is now being investigated. FIFA has uh, open charges against the DFB, the German Football Association. Uh, for the bribery, the potential bribery, uh, for the 2006 World Cup bid, uh, from Rob Harris on Twitter, FIFA ethics committee opens bribery probe into Franz Beckenbauer in Germany's 2000 World Cup, 2006 World Cup bid. Uh, here, are your list of charges, Wolfgang Niersbach, former president of the DFB, vice president of the 2006 FIFA World Cup local organizing committee and current member of the FIFA and UEFA Executive Committee. He is um, one of the individuals being looked at. Helmut Sandrock, former Secretary General of the DFB, a director of the LOC, that's the local organizing committee. Franz Beckenbauer, former Vice President of the DFB, for- President of the LOC, and former member of the FIFA Executive Committee. The Theo Zwanziger, former President of the DFB, Vice President of the... <laughs> this is a list of people high up in German football uh, who are being um, investigated now by the FIFA Ethics, Ethics Committee for their role in potential bribery as it relates to the 2006 World Cup. And let me just say, okay, the 2006 World Cup happening in Germany seems like a no-brainer, okay? It seems like the kind of thing that you don't really think that's a problem. That's something they had to bribe their way into, Germany would never have gotten a World Cup if it not for if not for bribery. That shows you how deep this stuff goes. How how culturally pervasive bribery is in the world of uh of international soccer and elite world football. That it's basically like if you don't bribe, you don't get it regardless of how, of, of merit. I mean this is the thing that that we consistently think matters when it comes to the United States. Look at all the the stadiums we've got. Look at all the infrastructure. Do we need to put cruise ships out there to house people for the World Cup? Hell no! We've got the rooms. We've got the we've got everything you need. We've got the airline, uh, or so the uh, the air travel routes. We've got the, the 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 places to hold all of the the fan fests. We've got we can accommodate this X, Y, and Z. Okay, we 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 that's our attitude about a World Cup in the United States, and it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Doesn't matter how many stadiums we have. Doesn't matter how many hotel rooms you have. Doesn't matter if we have the, uh, the airline routes and the, the infrastructure. Does not matter. Because that's not what FIFA is about. Or hasn't. It's not what FIFA was about. And who knows now? Bribery is in, entrenched in everything that they do. Uh, Vincent Toronto was implied years ago that the 2006 World Cup was murky. South Africa was apparently expected to win the bid that year. Um, again, yeah, that, and exactly my point though, right? So, and, and we're pretty sure that South Africa on some level bribed their way to a World Cup bid. They want to. They they want to deny it. They want to say, "Oh, that money was for the African diaspora and the Caribbean. That has nothing to do with the World Cup." But come on, you dress things things up. I mean, it's a, essentially it's a laundered bribe. We're gonna give this money to the people who are who who are responsible for helping us win the World Cup through their votes. Only we're gonna call it something that's not a, a you know something else. It's obviously. A bribe, but we're going to dress it up and make it seem like it's for something else. Come on. So even though, even though everything, uh, Germany had everything going for it as a world cup host, they had to bribe their way to the world cup because it's just never about merit. It's just never about merit. How the Aussies feeling these days? They're still, they're still pissed off, right? The Aussies have been pissed for like seven years about all of this. I was going to throw in this, uh, throw in a note about, um, the Qatari World Cup bid. I, I guess what we, we've had a little bit of a crossover between politics and soccer, um, with Bernie Sanders making some comments. What did Bernie say about, uh, about the Qatari World Cup, Trevor? I think it's something like, you know, they're, they're putting all this money into the World Cup, which they could be spending to help, um, combat ISIS in the region and, and other things. I, I don't know if, you know, I don't, I'm not enough uh, involved in the politics of it and, and understanding the, the the scene or the, the situation there in the Middle East to have any commentary whatsoever on on whether he's right or wrong about that. I just know that those he's made that statement and now that is out there in the world and it only adds to the continuing narrative that is, hey, the Qataris are doing all of this stuff and they spend all of this money on sports while at the same time they're using. um uh, Indentured servants, uh, people that have been contracted from Southeast Asia to come in and do the work, and the the the, the conditions are horrible, and, and too many of them are dying, and they're etc. etc. It's it, it's a it's a symbol of the excess of events like this that the Qataris, uh, the way the Qataris are going about it, uh, and we have Russia coming up in uh, two years' time, two and a half years' time. And we're not talking enough about Russia. And I put that on me. Uh, and we will continue to figure out ways to, to dive into, uh, the Russian situation as well. Because it's not as though Russia's cleaned up their act. You know, um, uh, Russia was given the World Cup. They won that bid. Everything was set up for them. And we continue along even before the, uh, conflict in Ukraine, even before, Putin has rattled his saber at numerous other countries, uh, even before um, the continuing rampant and disgusting racism that infects Russian football. So, all right, six four six eight three two thirty nine zero nine. Last call for phone calls. Today's show is a, is going to end up being a little short on the on the podcast version, uh, simply because we were working on the guest that didn't happen, and now we're here. So if you have any uh, thoughts on on Kristen Pulisic, certainly. Uh, oh, by the way, I wanted to do this while Bo was talking. We were talking about the championship and and Leicester City having coming up come up from the championship two years ago, uh, to make their Premier League push again. The shock of shocks that Leicester City is five points clear at the top, um, of the Premier League, despite having been in the championship two years ago. Uh, the current championship standings for anybody who hasn't taken a look recently. And the champ is the championship on American television these days, Trevor? I mean, we used to get games on Fox Soccer channel, but I don't know that there's any, uh, I don't, I don't know that there's any, where is it? Where is the championship available these days? I think, um, I know we, you know, I know there's, pl- okay, be in, be in sport. Okay. I, I, know there's plenty of people in this country who got attached to clubs like Blackburn or, or Reading, as mentioned by Bo, or Fulham, obviously in the championship. Uh, Charlton, Bolton, uh, who, who may have an interest. Um, some of those people are paying attention. Some of those people have moved on. Uh, just to give you an idea, right now your promotion places, uh, wait, is it, um, this is what I need to remember. The first two are automatic promotion and then we, and then three through six are playoff places. Is that right? I think that's right. So Burnley and Brighton right now leading the way. Burnley's four points up at the top of the table. Burnley been a, a bit of a yo-yo club recently. Brighton one point up on Middlesbroughs in third place. Then you have a four-point gap back to Hull City in fourth, Derby County in fifth on sixty-four points, and Sheffield Wednesday in sixth on sixty-two. Uh Top ten, rounding out top ten: Cardiff, Ipswich Town, Birmingham, and Preston. Uh, then you have to go down the the teams that you might recognize from recent years in the in the Premier League: QPR is in eleventh, Wolves is in twelfth. Um, Nottingham Forest, they haven't been up in a while, but they're in 15th. Redding's in 17th. Fulham, 21st. Um, just one point off the relegation places. The relegation spots right now, MK Dons, Charlton, and Bolton. So you have two traditionally pretty large clubs in Charlton and Bolton at the bottom of the table. Bolton's in bad shape. They just went through a sale maybe that fixes things, thing but they are in really bad shape and MK Dons in uh, in a relegation spot is something that i'm sure is causing quite a bit of Schadenfreude across England because um not many people uh like MK Dons and if you don't know the story of MK Dons maybe one day we'll be able to go back through that we do that we we we've talked about MK Dons periodically over the course of the last 3 years a the the club that um ha, it most resembles an american sports franchise and when i say that what i mean is that they were relocated. The only English club ever to be relocated from one municipality to another. And that's hints the uh, anger on the part of most uh, English soccer fans when it comes to that team. All right. I think we're going to wrap this up. Phone lines have dried up. Thank you very much for soldiering through with us on a uh, on a Tuesday. Um, there is a soccer morning on Sirius XMFC coming up. As I mentioned, Bill Peterson will join us. Uh, We'll talk more soccer tomorrow. National team, uh, MLS, Premier League, other European topics. So stick around. Well, don't stick around. Come back tomorrow and uh, and join us then. Soccer Morning on Backhill.com. Later.